Yes, indeed, it's the Manon Line. Fast am I, just after midday, Jamert, uh, Tuesday, and uh, then Trasledjeg, Tajak Dari, the third day and ten of the beginning of spring, or the 13th of February to you and me. And this is the Manx Radio's Manon Line. And it's me, Phil Gorn, again. Some great budget related texts uh, that I didn't get a chance to uh, get round to. Uh, yesterday's programme so please uh, do send in your text but much more importantly than that we'd love to hear from you so give us a ring 66 13 68 is the number you can text 166 177 or email studio at manxradio.com so uh, what do you want to talk about um there's, there is the budget we could talk about. There's the very brief keys sitting that took place this morning. And, of course, the, the new um, timed LegCo sitting that will take place this afternoon. Uh, lots and lots of things happening. And uh, I'm sure that uh, people will want to uh, flood the the studio with with messages and phone calls um don't forget this is your program it's all about you so uh, please do get in touch um so what what have we got here um right now then this was one that came in and i uh, came in yesterday uh, can anyone tell me why defa sanctioned the drainage of water world solby flooding everyone else's property and destroying a whole forest uh, it's ru- uh, let's see it's ruined completely turns all our good land into swamp land really big drainage off is going on right now and has been quite on for, for quite some time um, DEFA sanctioned this. Why? Well, I contacted DEFA and they said, actually, there's not really enough information there for, for us to work on. So if you wanted to text in with a little bit more detail as to exactly where this is, um, this is the number ending 600. Um, that gives a little bit more to go on and I'll try and get... From DEFA, some uh, information as to as to what uh, what was going on with that. Um, then now, then uh, another text in. So much to consider with the assistant assist assistant dying agenda. It says here, but I think assisted uh, is what's meant. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to put this into law, but. There's a clear call for change with places such as Jersey adapting their laws to suit the needs of the elderly and the poorly. We need assisted death. Um, No one wants to linger in pain and to be a financial drain. I can't afford to keep paying nursing home for my old mum. Thanks, Terry. Well, a vaguely provocative um, uh, text there. Perhaps uh, people will respond to that. And uh, certainly it's um, on the agenda. It's uh, certainly something that Alex Allenson is is pushing. And uh, we'll see whether 
that actually uh, gets supported in the end uh, when it gets to House of Keys and Legislative Council. Certainly there does seem to be quite a lot of community support. Certainly the um, the, the surveys that uh, have been done in relation to assisted dying indicate that that is a um, popular thing in the island. Uh, but as legislators, you are in a position of having to uh, weigh up the the risks associated along side of the benefits and uh, there's no doubt that uh, many people in the Isle of Man are also quite concerned about this um, but not concerned enough as yet to ring up the man in line. Maybe there's some people out there who, who might just be a bit concerned and want to speak about it. Who knows? Um, certainly there were some people uh, commenting on Facebook about yesterday's man in line and uh, say, saying that some of the callers perhaps are very familiar uh, and perhaps we should be looking for other callers. Well, of course, we always are looking for callers. And if uh, people have a little bit of spare time just to pick up the phone, dial 66 13 68, uh, I would be uh, delighted to hear from you. Um, there was a I'm not quite sure what uh, document this was, but there was a very interesting um, quote that my wife, uh, Annie, found this morning, which I'll see, can I find it here? Um, I I thought it was quite amusing anyway, so there it is. Yes, there we go. Um, And these are various Manx uh, quotes, uh, presumably looking at the... The, the, the document they came from. I, I, unfortunately, I didn't get a copy of, of the actual title, but uh, these are Manx sayings with um, an explanation of them. So, uh, a quaint saying on a member of the old House of Keys. Be you gull as the vuzzle bear as a bee-vegged the grey, ach, I am agreeable. Which may be thus rendered... Thou will be going with thy white handkerchief on thee, and thou will have nothing to say, but I am agreeable. This was in allusion to the easy way some of the members were led without expression, expressing an opinion of their own. Uh, this first, uh, the first reformed house is no improvement in this respect, so this must have been Uh, written around about uh, the uh, mid to late uh, 1800s, I'm guessing. Um, But yes, I I wonder whether you would agree with with that um, century and a half old statement that uh, members were rather too um, easily led without expressing opinions of their own. Uh, Maybe you think that, maybe you don't. Um, But there are some texts coming in at the very least so let's have a look now to see uh, okay um, we need assisted dying these clinics are easy to set up and would provide work and trade this idea would attract trade from end of life care patients around the UK and make us a hub for well trained palliative care doctors from around the world no one wants to linger in pain and be a financial drain uh, thank you kindly, TJ. Um, uh, what else have we got here? I think to maintain such a low rate of tax while the cost of everything rises is unrealistic. Nobody wants to pay more 
but we have to be realistic. Maybe raise taxes a percentage or two across the board, but then give some of it back to those who really need it, such as young families with a mortgage and childcare costs. Compared to the UK, our assistance with childcare provision is poor. Obviously, if the government hopes to attract more young people, then this will make a difference. Um, Okay, so that was from Sue. And one thing that certainly occurred to me anyway is that we do... um, um, Where where has it gone? (laughs) I'm trying to think and and speak at the same time, which is always very dangerous. Um, uh, Yeah, in terms of taxation, the, the Scandinavian countries generally pay significantly more tax and are generally happier people. The surveys that are undertaken uh, of happiness, if I don't quite know how you, you, you do that, is it uh, you, you have someone with a clipboard looking to see how many smiley faces there are? I don't know, but um, they, they generally seem to indicate that the Scandinavian countries are, um, uh, are you know, the people there are happier they have good uh, public services and they pay more in in taxation. Uh, so maybe maybe we'd all be happier if we paid more tax. Uh, what we one thing is for sure that by this time uh, next week we will know uh, what uh, what plans Alex Allenson, the Treasury Minister, has for us in relation to taxation. Um, one uh, other text that's come in here. Uh, David Quirk is talking a load of rubbish about motorhomes. Uh, This has now stirred up a big debate on Facebook. He has a personal vendetta with a neighbour and trying to make the rest of uh, motorhome owners suffer. David Fact. Motorhomes have strict inspections and certification every year and pay road tax. Get a life. That's uh, texter ending 223. Um... Well, David's entitled to his opinion, and I'm sure if uh, if he's listening, he'll he'll uh, be happy to to share it again with us. Um, then there's a text here from Gemma: Why doesn't the Isle of Man steam packet use the Ben McCree for summer services to Hollyhead and Stranraer? That would be nice. Uh, yes, it would be. Uh, I never I never went to uh, to Stranraer. Uh, on the old steam packet, uh, went to to um, uh, Anglesey uh, once uh, on a day trip, but uh, never to um, never to Stranra. Okay, what else have we got here? Um, uh, trying to work these through. Right, Scandinavian countries are also happier because they don't start schools until don't start schools until the age of seven, which gives them seven years to play and discover the outdoors, uh, resulting in happier people. Uh, so, what do you think? Should we should we uh, not be sending our children to school quite so early? Um, there's a, a thought. Maybe maybe uh, that would make people happier. Um, and then there's the end of a text here, which I'm not sure where the beginning came from. Uh, money overrules again uh, over the plans to build an active floodplain in Ramsey. Will be interesting to get house insurance in them, uh, and that's from Alan. Uh, so I'm not sure whether whether we missed the start of that, but uh, maybe that was the whole text. And then um, 
the happiness of Scandinavian countries isn't down to tax levels. Uh, Finland is one of the happiest places in Earth. Um, It's also one of the most homogeneous. And um, there's a bit more to that, I think. Um, Happiness comes from community, not taxes. Taxing people more doesn't help them. And I suppose what the point I was putting over was um, they... The people in Scandinavian countries are generally taxed more and generally are happier. It doesn't necessarily result that they are happy because of the taxation, but perhaps the uh, the better public services that the taxation pays for um, helps the communities that, that you uh, rightly uh, point out are strong in the Scandinavian countries, and maybe that's the reason. Anyway, I think... I think we've got a caller. Um, uh, it looks like yes, uh, financial compliance from from Julian. Uh, so let's let's see whether I can manage to do the right uh, button pressing this time around. Yes, look at this, Julian. Uh, you want to talk to us? Well, I was waiting for um, text of six five two and uh, Steve to come on, but we haven't heard from them yet. Perhaps they'll come in after the break, Phil. Yeah, well, let's let's hope so. Yes. Um, yeah, I was. Um... I popped up the Manx Museum earlier on and was uh, looking at uh, all to do with financial compliance and all this kind of stuff. And they were talking about enforcement, compliance, nudging, ESG, um, and all the hoops that are being set up to go through to make sure that of transparency. Hmm. And I was just wondering if perhaps somebody can ring in from that arena and say um, what they think about the um, public's um, removal of right to do an FOI on the Isle of Man Steam Packet Company in that case, thing as we own it. Yes, uh, I know that this has been discussed um, extensively in, in Tinmold, and I'm not entirely convinced that a, a, a full conclusion has been reached on, on this one. Um, but yeah, it does seem a bit strange that if you know, substantial millions of pounds worth of government money uh, or taxpayers' money has gone into purchasing the steam packets and the new vessel, uh, it would seem to follow that we should be able to put in uh, FOI requests to find out more about uh, what's going on. But no yeah, doubt um, if someone from government, if they, if you are listening, uh, please do get in touch. I, I'm guessing that members of the House of Keys will be listening because uh, their, their sitting is finished. So they're, they're, they've got nothing better to do than listen to the men in line. Well, yeah, I mean, it was, what, 50-plus million over budget to um, fix a bit of um, doing the under under scoring of the sand, I believe, underneath the uh, the key there in, in Liverpool. So, you know, it'd be kind of nice to know where all that money went, you know, just some sort of you know, accounting for where that went. And Well, um, one bit of good news then is once the budget's out of the way, there is the, um, what are they called, the the, um, the PAC, what's that, the Public Accounts Committee of, of Tinmold's, their investigation into what went wrong with the Liverpool landing stage is to be debated in uh, Tinmold next week. So that'll, I don't know, depends what the members have to say about the budget, um, but it's either going to be sort of late Tuesday afternoon or maybe on Wednesday that that'll, uh, that'll uh, happen. Uh, yeah. So that could be of interest. Um, yeah, there was, a, there was also a lot of talk about, um, you know, pushing forward with ESG. Um, and if anybody... Um, does a Google search for ESG taboo 
Um, you'll see a Wall Street Journal uh, recent publication where they're saying it's the new dirty word on Wall Street because all the investors were getting fed up hearing, instead of hearing about shareholders, they were hearing about stakeholders, which basically wasn't them. And mm. all the stuff that they were told that they should invest in has all been, um, instead of doing best for the investor, it was doing what was best for ESG um, type of uh, BlackRock um, ideal. But I suppose you could say ideologues as to uh, what's best practice rather than what actually yields the best for the investors, whose money it is. Um, so I just don't know. Is, is anyone actually looking at what's being said in the Wall Street Journal? Because it's kind of important from a worldwide perspective, and yet we seem to keep plowing on with that. I'm guessing people will be looking at what's uh, said in the Wall Street Journal, but whether any of the um, ministers or, or, or officers of, of government have been uh, reading that uh, um, erudite uh, publication, I'm not so sure, but yeah, uh, interesting. Um, I mean, what's your thoughts on this? I mean, do, do, you, do you think that there is a place for companies gov- um, to, to actually uh, take note of, of uh, public opinion in, in ways other than just um, how are they going to sell their product to you? Well, you know, I mean, a lot of people, I suppose, I mean, this applies to pensions as much as it does to um, investors. Um, but if you've, if you've got um, a load of investment companies that have been putting heavily into things like Orsted, and now we're seeing a 60% drop in their share value, that's going to end up being a headache. And there was a um, Harvard Business School paper out, and that was called An ESG Reckoning is Coming. And it was all about the fact that the due diligence has gone out the window because <clears throat> they're just having the ESG consideration before anything else. And, and when they looked at all... And, and, and just, just for those who, who um, struggle sometimes with abbreviations, ESG? Environmental and social corporate governance. So <clears throat> ever more um, increasing regulation sort of um, based on control and compliance uh, in terms of, you know, things like climate emergencies, um, best practice in um, anti-money laundering, where everyone has to, you know, sort of uh, say exactly where they got their money from. I mean, you can barely get two grand out of the bank now without saying where it's coming from. Um, But that doesn't seem to apply to everyone, does it? Inter- uh, well, I thought it was an interesting program I, I did uh, probably about a year and a half ago um, with a, a person who had been a, um, a, a prominent uh, banker working um, for a Deutsche Bank, I think he was, and then had had his fingers burnt and that became a financial campaigner. And basically what he was saying was that, um, of course, the, the whole know your customer thing is... Um, followed religiously uh, or diligently perhaps by by all the banks until someone comes with with billions of pounds and then suddenly um, all that goes out the window because they're more interested in the money than they are in in the the due diligence now that may be a little unfair on on some banks i'm sure many banks uh, would uh, still stick to their principles but uh, the the point that that I can't remember the fellow's name now, um, but it's on one of the agenda programs. If if you want to look back, uh, his his um, his comments were uh, that uh, you know the the managers who would be dealing with these customers, if they if it was found out that they'd turned down 
turned down billions of, of, of pounds going into their banks, they, they, they probably would have uh, a lot to, to, to answer, whereas uh, ignoring some of the, 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 the normal rules that apply to, to, to the likes of you and me um, was, was seen, seen as an acceptable thing. Um, but yeah, um, thanks very much for that, uh, Julian. Um, yeah. well, and, I, I'll suggest, suggest one more um, yeah. acronym. Instead of KYC or um, know your customer, how about KYG, mm-hmm. know your government? I mean, you know, they, they talk about, there's a buzz uh, phrase at the moment called mutual evaluation within the uh, financial circles on the island. And of course, you know, the Isle of Man, a lot of the money that we're relying on coming in for all these big projects is all coming in from the financial services. So perhaps KYG might be um, yeah, mutual evaluation from in both directions, perhaps. Well, uh, you'll certainly know your government uh, by the end of the next couple of years because they'll all be uh, knocking on your doors and, and very eager to, to uh, tell you what a wonderful job that they're, they're all doing. Um, thanks very much anyway, Julian. And uh, Wilf, um, Wilf is joining us now. Wilf, have you got your wellies on? Uh, no, I haven't been down to Luke yet, but it, it, I'm, I'm two steps up, so it's got to be pretty high before it gets to me. Oh, well, that's good then. Um, and I'm upstairs, and I can have a boat. T- I got a boat in the yard, so I'm not so bad. Hi. <laughs> um, this is this is just something. Now, you being an ex-government, you will know the answer to this. Well, I might. I've, yes, you will. You should do, yeah. or you should never have been in government. <laughs> now then, uh, it's as simple as that. Now. Uh, I have never, ever been able to find a satisfactory um, answer to this question. Now, years and years ago, we had 24 MHKs. That was the government. That was it. Yeah. Then we got LegCo. Then we got ministers. Now, the ministers, let's forget the ministers for now, but LegCo, what use are they? Now... What it was, I asked a question to uh, a fellow that I know, and he said, well, what they're for, he said, when one of the MHKs comes up with an idea, <clears throat> Legco will say, uh, yes, that's not a bad idea, we'll take that on, or we'll throw that out, that's no good. But why have we got 24 MHKs when... We've got them in because they say we, we've put them all in because they've they, what what they're going to do and and their expertise on their particular thing. But Legco, as far as I'm concerned, has no expertise in anything. Well, it's an in- interesting should, point. Yeah, now you you tell me what they actually fall. Well. What they always used to be for... Well, uh, let, let's see. Uh, how far back in history do we want to go? LegCo, in its original form, uh, was the, effectively the Council of Ministers. It was the the uh, the governor's henchmen, uh, the, the likes of the water bailiff, the deemsters, all these people, all the people who used to run the, the government, uh, effectively. So that's what they were. And then right, gradually, what are, they, what are they now? Well, gradually over the twentieth century, it was reformed, and then certainly when I was in Keys, it was seen as a kind of a uh, the elder statesman, the political experience um, that, that MHKs, perhaps fresh-faced MHKs, uh, relatively uh, inexperienced uh, yeah. ones, could but, turn but, but to for them, for experience. Some of them going in 
weren't even, hadn't been MHKs. They were straight off the street, if you like. Uh, well, that is the case now, of course. Um, so it, during the course, really, of the last two terms, we've gone from a situation where LegCo was primarily experienced former MHKs to the situation now where there is only one uh, member who has actually successfully uh, fought an, an election, and that's uh, Bill Henderson, of course. So in- interesting to note that uh, the House of Keys now feels that it's more important to have, uh, I think their, their view is that it, uh, having a, a, a broader range of experiences uh, in LegCo so that, uh, that that can be represented in Tinwald. But then LegCo members are told that they're not supposed to have political opinions. That's that's left for the MHKs. And then, you you know, you do have to ask the question, what 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 does LegCo actually add in, in value? And I, I should say I do have a vested interest in this because I did try and abolish LegCo um, I, I had a private member's bill planned, which would have uh, effectively done away with LegCo. So I, I, I am, I'm on record for, 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 for my uh, general thoughts on that. But, oh, you know, they're, they're all I'm very useful. I'm delighted with you over that. Then. Well, there you go. I'm delighted with you. Yeah, no, I mean, they, the they, is, they, they, no doubt they, I, they, fun, would... they do a function, they, but, uh, yeah. The thing is, they've cost a hell of a lot of money. And we've got we've got uh, LegCo members that are now retired, probably more retired than what's actually in LegCo now, still drawing a big pension, and I think that's a drain on the Isle of Man, and it should be abolished immediately, hmm. yesterday. Get them out. Well. Um, that's, but that's just my opinion, of course. Maybe we should form a political alliance and uh, and stand at the next election. Um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure that uh, ev- everyone in Tinwald does a, a, a lot of work. Uh, the, the the question, of course, is whether the, whether the work is needed or not. And certainly, uh, when I moved to uh, try and remove Legco. My view was at that time we were slashing and burning across governments. Loads of uh, uh, civil servants were, were 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 losing well, not losing their jobs, but they weren't being being replaced at the time. And I said, I felt at that time, it seemed uh, a bit 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 odd that we were keeping government exa- or or Tinwald exactly the same size, uh, uh, whilst. Um, uh, introducing savage cost cuts across government. Um, anyway, well, uh, yes, government, government, government is now always short of money. They're always squawking for money. There's a big saving for them. Get rid of them. Well, I'm sure that there will be people listening who agree with you there, Wilf, and there'll be others that that don't. But the the, the amazingly the switchboard is lighting up uh, i've got john coming shortly on climate change but first we'll have to take some adverts otherwise there'll be a big block at the end well uh, a couple of texts before we go to John. Uh, first one here, which I'm not entirely sure I should be reading out, but I'm sure Foo Hello will sort out the wind turbines at Airy Stain. Please excuse my spelling, Mike. Um, I'm I'm sure I don't know what you mean. 
Uh, and then, can we get, can we keep the bishop and get rid of Julian? Uh, that's a bit on, a bit harsh, isn't it? Uh, text ending 011. Anyway, um, John, uh, let's see. Well, yes, there he is, John. Yes, uh, fast am I, wouldn't you? Fast am I. I mean, I haven't been on, I'm not a new caller, but I haven't been on for a while, so uh, ah. I'm just just refreshing myself. Um, we were saying yesterday about who can you believe when you get to all this, this, this climate change stuff and you know, how dangerous is it and what's going on, that sort of thing. And, and most, most thinking people tend to go for, um, for the measurements, the measurements, the records, um, the data. You know, what, what, what has actually been happening? Um, are the, uh, are the uh, gloomy prognostications, in fact, uh, justified? Um, I'll, 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 I'll have to give you a couple, if I may. Um, these are, are, are factual and are verifiable. Um, I mean, the body leading the dangerous warming charge is the, IP, you know, the UN's IPCC, and it has two levels. A scientific body uh, employs a number of reputable scientists and a political level. You know, people who seek fame and fortune from scaremongering and uh, often misrepresent the work of the scientists. Anyway, uh, that said, the IPCC says in terms of weather and climate extremes, and, and that this is records over a period of time, usually 30 or 40 years, um, no trend has been detected in heavy rain, river floods, pluvial floods, landslides, hydro hydrological drought, agricultural drought, ecological drought, aridity, fire, weather, windstorms, dust storms, hurricanes, snow cover, snowstorms, glaciers, ice sheets, ice storms, hail, avalanches, relative sea level, coastal floods, coastal erosion, marine heat waves or ocean acidity. So, uh, you know, there doesn't seem to have been uh, a lot happening in the, um, in the climate uh, uh, scene, compare, uh, especially if you, you compare what is being presented to you from, from the mainstream media and TV, pro, uh, TV uh, stations. Um, another couple of things that, uh, of course, you know, 20, the, the, the um, records and the measurements from 2023 are, are just coming out now. Uh, one was uh, EU wildfire, wildfire trends. And um, once again, over, over 40 years or so, there's been no measurable increase in, in wildfires in, in uh, the EU. You're mainly around the Mediterranean area. That's where they get most of them. And economic damage trends, also uh, EU. Um, once again, um, it's flat or, or, or slightly decreasing, you know, damage caused by storms to infrastructure and, and buildings and such. So, you know... Um, and what about ice melting? There's lots of talk of ice sheets melting and certainly sea ice in, in the Arctic is, is believed... Well, the, the, you see various... Uh, um, sort of um, predictions of doom in, in relation to this, but uh, it, it does appear as though it's reducing. Uh, it, it was reducing for quite a while. It was uh, diminishing for quite a while. But the last few years, it has actually stabilised. And if you put a ruler through it, they're, they're, it might be slightly increasing. So, um, yeah, once again, uh, if you... <laughs> Unfortunately, some some uh, some organisations and whatever they um, they cherry pick, 
and uh, you know they they'll ignore the bit where it was uh, where it was flat before and just show you the uh, the slopey up bit. But uh, that that's that's uh, that's the ice, and the Antarctic has never been colder. It's um, it's, it's set a, a new level for for cold. Um, uh, last year, I think it was. Um, so you know. So uh, so John, I mean, be... it, I'm, I'm interested to understand because. On one hand, you say this. On the other hand, there are people who say almost the complete opposite. Um, is there any middle ground between the, the, the two camps? Or do you think that it's just a case of, uh, from your perspective, that they need to, to, to believe the facts as you see them? Uh, but from their perspective, uh, the, the facts as they see them are quite different. Well, it's not what I see, and it's, it's, it's not my opinion because my opinion is, is irrelevant. Um, the, the, these are the uh, the uh, reports from these world uh, world standard organisations, which, which which tell us what has happened and, and is what happening. Um, here's a, but here's a really controversial one. Um, this is the uh, Statistics Norway. Uh, these people have been doing statistics for uh, the uh, Norwegian population for, I think, since the 19th century. Hmm. So they know their sums. They know their sums. Um, there's a 125-page <laughs> paper. I can't read it all out. That's good. However, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, all right. Um, finally, we update and extend previous statistical analysis of temperature data. Uh, some other guy called Darksvik uh, did this in 2020. Mm. Using theoretical arguments and statistical tests, we find, as in Darksvik et al., you know, and his chums, 2020, that the effect of man-made CO2 emissions does not appear to be strong enough to cause systematic changes in the temperature fluctuations during the last 200 years. And I say this is, uh, this is the official organisation in Norway which produces um, statistics for the Norwegian government. So, I mean, that, that, if, if that is the case, um, this, this knocks a, a, a hole below the waterline of um, uh, decarbonisation and... Uh, CO2 is the greatest danger to um, to uh, to the world, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, the, I mean, this this um, might, might well be uh, Scandinavian. I mean, uh, we, we cannot uh, extrapolate this to, to worldwide. But it does show the sort of data that's around that um, does does cause a great, um, uh, cause a lot, should, should cause a lot more comment. Uh, when when people are um, um, crippling their economies to um, to want a better word decarbonise. Well, thanks for that, uh, John. Um, you have a, a, a supporter in in WhatsApp message here. Thankfully, someone talking sense. If you believe the sun is ninety three million miles away, then there's no hope explaining the climate scam to you. What happened to the acid rain, the hole in the ozone layer? It's more taxes, that's all. Um, so that's one. Um, I've said about the bishop, didn't I? That was quite a, f- a funny one. Um, oh, yes, a, um, a gas bill. Someone got a gas bill for two months' use. The bill was estimated two days after they had sent in a reading. 
Um, and uh, they contacted the uh, Manx Gas or Isle of Man Energy. Uh, uh, why was an estimate uh, given and was told the member of staff who received estimates did not act on it. <clears throat> and so this is the second time in a row they've estimated the bill rather than uh, taking the actual readings. Um, John, uh, not John, uh, we've just had John, so I think we'll move to uh, Peter uh, and uh, Peter Murcott. It is. Yes. Yes. Um, just wanted to talk about the uh, bill that goes under the name of assisted dying, which ought to be called assisted suicide. It would be more descriptive of it. Um, the majority of people were against it in the consultation. There was a consultation which was organised by the mover of the bill. Uh, rather unfortunately, the consultation included people who were off-island. I'm not quite sure what criteria, by what criteria they uh, were coming in on it, except I would observe that I came to the island 33 years ago. I would not expect to be taking part in the consultation on British politics because I've cut my ties with Britain. I've not been able to find out, despite inquiry, because I don't think the statistics were kept, of what the 88-plus percent of the Manx respondents thought about it. We only have the overall figure, which is regrettable uh, that we don't have what Manx residents thought um, as a separate item. However, the overall figure was that uh, by a slim majority, um, taking into account people from overseas as well as from the Isle of Man, they were against the bill. And so I think that's the first important point. And the consultation was uh, organised by the mover of the bill. So I was very, very surprised that the bill actually uh, proceeded after that, having found that um, the majority were against it. That's the first point. The second thing is, um, I notice that Unless I have missed something, there's a select committee about the bill. And I haven't seen anything as yet whereby they're inviting comments from the public. If, it, if they have invited them, I haven't seen the advertisement and I've looked in the papers. This is very regrettable because I had the opportunity to uh, address by invitation... Um, such members as cared to, as were able to come along. Uh, there were 11 members of the legislature who came, and I didn't talk to them about the pros and cons of the issue because I said at the time I felt that they had already had to saturation point every argument that could be put. I actually went through the bill with them, and I pointed out some very significant problems and deficiencies with it. Um, and so I think it's regrettable that this select committee hasn't received comments from the public because I certainly could have drawn their attention to provisions in the bill which, um, quite frankly, ought not to be there, and, leaving and aside perhaps, perhaps, Peter, it's because these are very weighty matters and they have a lot of reading to do and maybe, maybe they're, they're, they're doing their homework before asking the questions. But they need a bit of help from the outside because however much reading they do, and I would suspect that um, MHKs have a huge amount of reading to do, 
I know from experience of making representations to the legislature, I remember a former member stopping me in the street when I'd uh, made some submissions, not on my own behalf, but I'd actually made submissions at the time I was doing the uh, work as social legislation officer of the Trade Union Council. And a um, person uh, stopped me in the street and he said, and this was a leading member of the legislature, he was grateful for the things I'd sent because he said he wouldn't have spotted the points that I made. And he said, as you will know, we have so much reading to do, we can never do the sort of in-depth research. And that's why we rely on people to be able to draw our attention to things. And so I think the same would apply here. And I think it's very regrettable that this select committee, unless I've missed something, has not invited comments from the public who may have been able to give them some very useful um, advice. Well, thanks for that, uh, Peter. Unfortunately, uh, we're going to have to go uh, because uh, there's, there's loads more adverts and texts and all sorts coming in. When the man in line's not on air, call Manx Radio to leave your opinion for broadcast on 682-631. Well, uh, straight to the lines, we've got Tony, I think, on wind farms. Yes, uh, well, actually, I don't want to talk about wind farms. I'm sick to death of hearing about wind farms. Okay. What I want to know, I want the electricity board not to tell me how wonderful a wind farm's going to be or what they're doing about it. I want to tell me... Is the electricity going to go up or go down after they put the wind farm in? And initially they said it was going to do neither, um, but latterly they, they seem to have moved to a position of saying that it, uh, it's most likely going to come down. Yes, well, that doesn't drive very well with what Bonzo said the other day, which was somebody's got to pay for this. <clears throat> so my question is, Bonzo was very much that at one point that uh, wind farms were going to make electricity cheaper. But now he seems to move quite a bit that they're not going to be cheaper and somebody's got to pay for it. The electricity prices will have to be paid for. Somehow we're going to pay for this climate change initiative, which sounds great. But the point is, we're going to pay for something that makes no difference to the climate. Because the only people that can affect the climate are the people that are using massive amounts of coal and electricity, which is China, India and America. We have no impact, and neither will the UK, which is why the UK government is slowly rowing back on the issues that they, they've been forced into taking on board by po- politics. But anyway, uh, that aside, so that's one. Yeah. So we want to get... We want to know... Are these wind farms going to reduce the cost of electricity? That's well, what I'd like to know. That, that's, as I say, the MUA's uh, latest position appears to be that, yes, indeed, they are going to reduce the, the, the cost. Well, uh, although initially like they'd said it, it, would, uh, it would stay the same. And therefore, I don't have a lot of faith in what they're saying. I'd like it in writing. And I'd like it in writing, not from the MUA, but I'd like it in writing from the government. Mm. Because they're responsible. They're the ones that give them the money to the, do this. I mean, the, the MUA in their uh, published accounts, I think they, they lost something. Was it something? Some very extravagant sum of 30, 40 million pounds last uh, year. Um, the, the cost of the wind farm is about 
about, uh, well, according to the, the latest figures, it's around about 40 million. Um, so um, if, as, as they're suggesting, that they're going to be able to harness the uh, electricity from these wind farms um, at, well, you know, there'll be no cost of fuel, um, then actually one year's loss on, on, on their accounts, uh, thanks to gas prices being so high, um, would be swallowed up and uh, from thereafter we would have uh, cheaper electricity. That seems to be the argument. But we don't pay for the wind farm in that instance. Oh, no, I... Oh, gosh. <laughs> You'll definitely yeah, be pay, you, paying one way or another. Cost. Yeah. They're borrowing money, 200 mm. million, or whatever they're borrowing, 200 million for the undersea cable and a, and a bit more for the wind farm. So all that money's got to be paid for somehow. And I don't expect interest rates to go down very soon. So... I, I, I want to know clearly from our wonderful government and their wonderful guys that are doing all the sums, is this really going to reduce our electricity price? Because I don't really care about global warming because it's, a, it's a just a bit of a fallacy. We can't affect global warming. And then the second thing is nobody from the MUA or the government has mentioned anything about doing something about keeping the base load. Because you, the, your wind farms won't turn all the time, and I assume they don't want to import expensive electricity from the UK all the time. So I assume they're going to keep using the turbines in the gas-fired power station we have. Well, so are they going to actually refurbish them? Certainly. Are they going to make them last another 10 years? Yeah, certainly um, the baseload issue is, is going to be a significant one uh, to resolve when it comes to... Uh, renewable energy they either need to find uh, better storage solutions or um who knows um anyway sadly we're we're within a few seconds of the end of 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 our air time uh, there is another caller that seems to have lit the switchboard up but it, uh, i'm guessing 30 seconds isn't going to be long enough but i'll be back tomorrow so please do uh, call um uh, th- a few texts in Mr. Murcott selectively ignoring recent Manx radio poll which showed a strong majority in favour of assisted dying and still thinking he had some kind of right to decide how other people should choose to die purely because he is religious. Um, well, uh, Peter's entitled to his, his opinions, as indeed are you all, and we'd love to hear them. Uh, and please... Ring up next, uh, well, tomorrow, Thursday, Friday. I'll be still here. Uh, Apologies for those who don't like the sound of my voice. Um, Lots of interesting... Lots of interesting texts, uh, which we haven't had time to get uh, for. Um, What's this one here? Hi, regarding Ledgeco. Totally agree with Wilf. We're running out of money, uh, according to Dr. Allenson. What do they do? How much are they costing? Let's have a referendum. Um, a big saving to be made there. But that's us. Um, thanks to Chris for producing. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow with the man in line. 68 or 682631 is the out of hours number. And coming up next, it's Nen G3 with Christy D.